Well, welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. We are brought to you by SeatGeek, and we are rolling into the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Uh, six games, including a Monday night game. Uh, so who better to have with us uh, than an analyst from the NFL Network, Mark Ross. Uh, Mark, how you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Just trying to stay warm up here. I live outside. I, I live in New York, Jersey, so we're a little cold up here, but surviving. Well, it could be it could be worse. You could be in Buffalo, and we keep hearing about <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buffalo, so it could be a whole lot worse. Um, but we mentioned you know rolling into the uh, NFL Wild Card Weekend, and and really for me personally, this is one of the most exciting weekends in football. I know a lot of people say it's you know Championship Weekend when they play the AFC and NFC Championship games, but the Wild Card Weekend with all the games <laughs> is is kind of what I like to see. So, Mark, what what are you thinking going into the weekend about? Um, I guess about the matchups and what what will be happening throughout the weekend. Yeah, this is exciting because all the games, but also this this time that pretty much all six games should be fairly competitive. I think maybe KC Pittsburgh may get away uh, just because of the Pittsburgh inability to score. We saw what happened when they played each other a couple of weeks ago, but you never know what happens in a rematch. But that's what makes it compelling is that I mean, top to bottom, each one of these games have a lot of different storylines to them. They should be close. A lot of star powers as far as, you know, the quarterback play and, you know, Buffalo, New England, part three, you know, what's going to happen there. And, you know, Cincinnati being in the playoffs for the first time, maybe the most exciting young team in the league and, and the Raiders, we know the drama they provide week in and week out with their games. So, you know, there's just a lot of intrigue. And then you mentioned the Monday night, first time having the Monday night game there. And again, a lot, a lot of, should be a lot of firepower in that game as well. So, It'll, it should be a lot of fun. Now, now in New Orleans, if, if we could, like, collectively shank a franchise, it would probably be the Rams. And so, <laughs> so what do you think about the Rams matchup in the playoffs and whether or not they can actually advance? Because, I mean, there's, you know, I guess there's, I don't want to say concern, but, you know, it seems like they might be a team that could be teetering a little bit. Yeah, and, I, and I've said this about the Rams the whole year, even when they made the Stafford trade and, you know, this, they've made it out to be like, this is the greatest team ever, and he's going to be the MVP and all that. And I said, well, wait a minute now. Let's just wait and, te- wait and see until they play some big games, wait until they get to the playoffs, because that trade they made to give up your first-round picks, you know, it has to be winning a Super Bowl because the Rams standard, Jared Goff had already got them to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff had already been to the playoffs three times. So you're, you're giving up all this to switch out a guy. So if they lose on Monday night, I, you know, that, that trade for Stafford to me is just a complete failure. And – you know, he struggled. He has struggled. Matthew Stafford has looked like the Matthew Stafford that you saw in Detroit, especially the last four or five games where he's been turning the ball over tremendously. So I think it's a bad matchup for them because Arizona, we know that they can get after the quarterback uh, with Chandler Jones or with their blitz packages there. Uh, and then Kyler Murray, I think it's Kyler's time. Uh, this Arizona team, I think they can run the ball. You know, obviously, they missed DeAndre Hopkins, but I think Kyler Murray just – can take it up a level, and I think it's just his time. So I think the Rams are in trouble. Yeah, it it one hundred percent would not bother the Saints fans to see <laughs> not win a game in the playoffs. But but speaking of the Saints, I mean, what were your impressions of what they were able to to do this season? I guess under some somewhat extraordinary circumstances. I guess when you add it all collectively together. I mean, to be right there and to be nine and eight and right there with a chance to, if things broke the right way, to be in the playoffs, I mean, it was just a masterful job by Sean Payton. Uh, the whole 
team just to rally around playing with how many did you end up with four quarterbacks just yeah. to, to, to play with four and you know really not you're not you, you didn't have a drop off between a breeze before and then you're going down the line I mean you started out with a lot of question marks about Jameis and what he could do I started out four and two with him and you know then had to adjust to Simeon had that that losing streak in the middle of the season but it rebounded but I mean really Sean Payton got some coach should, should have got some coach of the year votes just because of getting them in that position and even some games they lost just being right in the game. And Dennis Allen as well, the job he did with the defense and uh, keeping them in games and uh, just really a tremendous job all, all around. And when you talk about an organization and great head coaches, the Saints are in that group. It wasn't just, hey, we're Drew Brees and that's it. But this year kind of showed, you know, one of the more impressive years that they've had, despite not making the playoffs, just overcoming all they did. Mark, you've been around the NFL for, for quite some time. Do you get a sense that teams can, I guess, get into a normalcy mode after this season? Because I don't know when or if COVID is ever going to, to be eliminated. And, you know, of course you have injuries and, and it just seems like, you know, there's a lot of start, not even start stoppage, but when you're talking about, you know, 15, 18, 20 players out of a particular game because of COVID-related uh, protocols. Do you think the NFL will will get back to some sense of normalcy from that standpoint? Yeah, I think the NFL will always try to find the best ways to market the product, to have the players available, to look out for the players. So, but as you mentioned, when you don't know what's next, it's hard to be able to plan for that. You plan as much as you can, and then okay, bam, here comes something else that throws you off. But what you've seen is the teams that have done well are the teams that have been able to adjust. And, okay, we lose our starting quarterback. Okay, let's let's rally. All right, we lose our backup. Okay, let's go. We lose our third guy. And that's the teams like the Saints and, and the Ravens, you know, all they went through as well, just as far as their injuries and, you know, the teams that are able to. And, and it's kind of been like that before where, all right, there's no excuses. You got to go out there and play a game. So what are we going to do? No one's going to feel sorry for you. Go play a game. What are we going to do? And those teams that are able to adjust and adapt and uh, overcome adversity are the ones that kind of have staying power and are the more stable type of environments. Yeah. Now, now Mark for saints fans, we, you know, we've got reason to not like him too, I guess somewhat because, you know, one of the teams that the saints could not beat this season was the giants. And Mark is a former giants employee. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this team. But I, had, I, had, I was lost. Nothing of those players are my players, but but that but, definitely was a shock, when, especially when you guys got up. And I'm like, okay, this game is over. You stop paying attention. All of a sudden, it just, it just fell apart. <laughs> until, you know, you didn't cover Saquon on that thing going out there and let the tight end run loose. Like, what are they doing? It's like you had the game and then just you just like, hey, let's just stop playing. So, But I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah. But five years with the Giants as, as VP of player evaluation and six years as direct, director of college scouting. How do you make the transition from NFL team to being NFL analyst? Was it a smooth transition for you? No, it's just people don't think people think, you know, you see people on TV and it's just easy and just go out there and talk. But, you know, there's a skill. There's a, a craft. Uh, there's a gift that people who are on TV have. And uh, the ones that are better at it, they're they're great at it for a reason. It's just like any other profession or any other field. You have a skill set and you hone it and you develop it and you get better. Uh, you have some natural talent. Some people have some natural talent to do it. And then you hone that talent and get better. And um, you, you have to learn it. And those people who are really good on TV, 
it's it's a gift that they have that they've honed and worked to. So for me, I'm still I'm still learning. I mean, this is a couple of years into it, and I feel like I'm I'm learning each time out, just kind of like a young player is learning each game or each practice. So I'm still trying to hone the craft. You know, they hired me for a reason, and you know, got a lot of people in my corner there, the network that helped me out and supportive. So they they saw something in me, and I'm just trying to get better at it each time I I go out and do it. Now, folks, his humility is impressive, but he's going to figure it out because because let me let me tell you, at 27, he became the youngest NFL college scouting director and, and re- we want re- rewind it back a little bit further. He was a PR intern for the Giants. And now, you know, he's worked his way in this when you're a PR intern. OK, because you're a guy, you know, you see a lot of guys being PR intern. Did you see yourself going into. Uh, an NFL franchise did you foresee your future saying you know okay I want to do this I want to do this I want to do this no so you you know interesting so I I went to Princeton if you want to take it even further back and I played football at Princeton but I worked in the athletic communications department while I was at Princeton at basketball games lacrosse any anything they needed me to do I just did it in the offseason I had to make some money so I saw that there was another side to sports besides just playing and coaching. I saw the background of it uh, in the athletic department. So when I was graduating, I just shot my resume out to anything possible to try to just get involved, get my foot in the door. You, you always hear that. And I actually did. That was my first internship was with the Giants with PR, worked two other internships, went to grad school. But uh, one of the internships was with the Eagles in their personnel department. And then when I got that internship, that's when I knew this is what I want to do right now. So the other things that I did, I could have kind of stayed with the teams or the organizations I was with. But once I got that internship with the Eagles and personnel, I said, this is my passion. I know this matches what I've done, my background with something I want to continue with in the future. And uh, I've had a, a pretty successful career since then. Okay, now, see, he's he's still killing us with the modesty. And he's <laughs> Two-time, two-time Ivy League, all Ivy League receiver, still holds some receiving records at Princeton. Oh, you, did, you did your homework, John. I, I like it. That's what that's what I'm here for. I'm doing homework. <laughs> so you, you, <laughs> so you still you still got the wheels? Can you still move a little bit? Nah, I mean I go out there on the on the, the field and run my sprints and stuff, but I'm not putting a watch on myself. I just do it to keep the heart rate up and uh, not keep from pulling the hamstring. You know, how much did that help having played the game in terms of player evaluation, in terms of saying, okay, this is the kind of player that this franchise is looking for? Yeah, I think it's important. You know, obviously you've seen people who are in coaching or scouting that did not play or, uh, but I, but I think there is a a little extra that you know, and you can feel um, and, and you can internalize when you watch players, when you evaluate players and, you know, not to dismiss people that haven't done it, but, you know, even former players, the way they talk about things and the insight that they have, um, you know, on the professional level. But I think when you're too good, you kind of don't see the, the the grind, the struggle that it takes to get to be a great player. Like you just miss, you just assume, you know, when you're too good that players can do things like you used to do. So I think those that didn't really make it kind of understand like the limitations about evaluation, the limitations that players have that some can't be uh, improved upon and some can be. And that kind of helps you with your scouting eye and projecting players, especially from college to the NFL. Well, that's a really good way to play it, to to put it, because I I always heard, I think that 
you know, when Magic Johnson went through his coaching stint with the Lakers, it was like he couldn't understand why player X couldn't see what he saw. And it was like, because you're Magic Johnson. That's yeah. He can't see what you saw. Yeah, it, it, and you hear that over and over with, with great players in different sports and, you know, even Floyd Mayweather with boxing, where I, was, I'm a big boxing fan. So a few weeks ago, he's training a guy named Tank Davis, and he's just saying, he just needs to do and see this, do it like this. And, like, he can't. You know, only, only you can. <laughs> and it's hard for them to understand that, no, you have a, a gift. You're gifted at something uh, and that you just can't teach. Yeah. So now, Mark, I won't put you on the spot for for predictions and games this weekend. But do you have any teams that you would say would be representative of the NFC and AFC in in the um, in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I just think the way Green Bay is playing, <clears throat> and um, despite all the shenanigans of, of Aaron Rodgers, is <laughs> dealing with that drama every week. But the way he's just playing is just on is just on another level. You didn't think he could get better at this point, but you know, just he just is playing just at a his top level that I've seen him. I mean, the control he has on a game, the connection he has with Devontae Adams is just 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 otherworldly right now. And just their entire team, the way they can run the ball, the defense can win games. So they're going to be a tough out, especially being at home. And then and then the AFC, I, I'm going. With, I got to go with the Chiefs. You know, it's it's they they can't. They were down and out. Everybody put them out of there. The mix there earlier in the year, and they they figured it out and found out different ways to win uh, with their defense and stepped up. They struggled the last few weeks, but they know they can count on that. They've got some playmakers on defense like Chris Jones, uh, and then Mahomes. The Mahomes factor is uh, is always there. So I'm on Green Bay, KC. Well, now. Aaron Rod- is Aaron Rodgers the pettiest player in the league? I mean, he 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 keeps a little drama with him, but I tell you what, he's got he's got some good petty with him too. Yeah, no question. He keeps the drama. He got the petty, but he's uh, maybe the best of all time. So it's hard to, you got you got to separate the, the man, the, the field on the field and off the field. You just got to separate it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we appreciate you, Mark, for joining us here, um, folks. We will uh, have uh, New Orleans Saints podcast next week on Wednesday and Friday, but not on Monday because it's a holiday. So um, we're going to appreciate Mark for joining us. Uh, Mark, how can you be reached and how can people see you? Uh, yeah. Um, Twitter at Mark Ross. That's Mark with a C. And um, NFL now, mostly on Mondays, uh, one to three, but various times. We just say, hey, man, go get on there tonight or some other day. So just just keep, keep posting. I usually post when I'm on. Uh, we'll appreciate it, Mark, and, uh, and keep up the grind, man. We'll keep watching. Thanks, John. Appreciate y'all having me. Thank you.